the hopes of being in love. 702. The Naked Scientist. Time for the Naked Scientist with Dr. Chris Smith. We take your calls on 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Good afternoon, Dr. Chris Smith. How are you doing? <laughs> Which part is making bad. you laugh? I'll have this... to hand it to you. I'm very good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. What was not bad? Me saying that I wasn't madly in love or that I wouldn't encourage anybody just going off somewhere with a stranger? No, you lapsing into an English accent when you said good afternoon. <laughs> it's quite funny because when I walked into Cape Talk... It's coding. What is it called desk, again? Coding. It's code maybe, switching. Um, code I, switching. I mean, it happened to me when when I was in Cape Town the week before last because I walked into Cape Talk and the yes. lady on the desk said to me, oh, are you from England then? Mm. And I said, yeah, because I came back the next day because we did a live event on the Wednesday. Yes. And, um, and she said, oh, I thought you were from South Africa the first time you came in here. And I said, I've been hanging around with you lot too long. And I've kind of picked up the lingo, obviously. So maybe you've been hanging around with me too long. <laughs> I definitely uh, am. But it's the code switching where you change how you speak depending who you are speaking to. Now, before maybe- we, 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 we open up the lines, Doctor, there were two things that we spoke about on the show today that require your urgent attention. The first one, we were talking about period pains as we did a a period pain simulator on two of our two members in studio um but one of the um listeners on the whatsapp line sent through a message to say with all the technology that has happened why are period pains still a thing and i thought maybe you could share um why are menstrual cycles still a thing if you would think that the medical world and technology has advanced so far? Indeed. Obviously a big problem, which half of the world's population may experience at some time in their life. And what's really interesting about when you ask people of their experience of the menstrual cycle is how different everyone's experience is. For example, people have done experiments where they've asked people, do you have heavy or light periods? And when they ask people, you get a range of responses. Some people say very, very bad. Some people say, oh, it's not too bad. But when you do the experiment, and you can actually do the experiment by weighing what people would normally throw away, let's put it that way, you can work out really how heavy or not someone's periods are. And a whole heap of people who say they don't have a problem actually would be way off the scale in terms of heavy periods. And some people who say they do have a problem are at the very light end of the scale. So in other words, it's quite a subjective thing and different people experience it in different ways. Some people are clearly more affected than others. That's in terms of how much you lose, but also the discomfort that goes with it probably follows a similar sort of spectrum. This is an inflammatory process. When your uterine lining grows over a month ready to receive an implantation of of an embryo so you can grow a baby, that then has to be lost. Uh, when you go into the bleeding cycle, which is about five to seven days at the end of every month. And this is a process of inflammation that makes the uterine lining slough off and come out of the body. And, And in different people, that inflammation is worse than in others. And so... Really, the only thing we can do is to say, well, we can try anti-inflammatory drugs, but these are not ideal for everybody, and some of them do have side effects. So really, there's a range of things to consider here. One is that there's physiology. This has to happen to your body, at least some of the time. Different people's interpretation and experience of it is different, and it also changes with age and other sorts of disorders which can crop up around the menstrual cycle can also make it worse. So endometriosis, that condition, which is where 
we think, well, one of the theories of how this happens is that the lining of the uterus that would normally come out of the body sometimes goes up the wrong way down the fallopian tubes and ends up in the peritoneum inside in the pelvis and instead of just breaking down harmlessly and disappearing it takes root and you get ectopic uterine lining in the abdominal cavity and this has periods of its own every month following the same hormonal cycle it's very very painful and it causes even more inflammation so that too can be an added complication so it's not as simple as saying this happens once a month mm. this happens to everybody who's female and therefore just deal with it because it it does change it can be a pathological thing if it is suddenly getting worse it does need investigating and it can be helped in the majority of people it's not something people should suffer in silence mm. it's definitely something people should seek counsel and a person's mood or whatever can also affect how they experience of it I, I, I saw when I was a medical student one of the most memorable patients I saw which told me the importance of seeing the whole person a lady had got referred to the Obzingaini clinic I was in with heavy periods uncomfortable periods and when I actually sat down and talked to her, which most of the other people who'd seen her had just been in such a hurry, they didn't have the time. I mean, not because they were being wanton or, or negligent in their treatment, they were just really busy. But the medical student had time to sit down and talk to this lady. She was really profoundly depressed because everything had gone wrong in her life. And so something that previously wasn't too much of a problem was now the straw breaking the camel's mm. back. And, and that's worth thinking about as well. Mm. Yes, so many things that you've brought um, into um, consideration the doctor, but I think quite a solid uh, response and explainer. Then the next one, we were speaking about maternal instinct, if it is inherent or acquired. And we chatted to a psychologist um, who was sharing that instinct would, would assume that everybody's just born with it. But that isn't necessarily the case. So from a science perspective, is maternal instinct a real thing? Is it inherent? Are you just born with it? And is paternal instinct a real thing? Then I'll tell you how we concluded the conversation. I think if you remove the human from the equation for a minute, because one has to be careful when you make conclusions about people, because people come with a massive social overlay. Mm. What do I mean by that? Well, there's the things that we impulsively do and think and then there's that barrier in our brain that says if you say that you're probably going to say the wrong thing mm. don't say that or if you act on that impulse you could get into trouble so removing that for a moment and saying what is our instinct well you can look to your close relatives in in nature other mammals for example which are quite closely related to us and behaviorally quite similar to us what do they do because the social overlay in the same them that there is in the developed sort of human interaction most animals show enormous amounts of maternal and paternal instinct and if they didn't their young would die and in the case of mammals for example many of their many of their offspring are born in a state which which is just not capable of looking after itself without the input of a parent mm. as it as it grows so there has to be because no one's around to train these animals to do this there has to be a strong innate ability in this direction to look after your young where that matters to the um, proliferation and su success of your species so I think in humans, there's almost certainly going to be the same innate behavior mm. and superimposed on that is going to be some social aspects and the fact that we grow up in families, we watch what goes on around us, we learn from each other and we also do what is expected of us some of the time as well and bring all that together and you end up with what you see. But underlying all of that, I think there is a really strong maternal instinct. Yeah. Mm. And uh, would the same be said for men? 
and being fathers? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, I I immediately loved my children when I had them, and and I wouldn't be without them, and I can't think of what life would be like without them. And and why else would I spend all my money on their school fees and feeding them and driving them around? When you think, because you'd go to jail, Doctor Christmas, uh, if you didn't hand. do it, you'd go to jail. <laughs> so maybe you're just a good law-abiding citizen, but not necessarily <laughs> an amazing like. Ooh, I've just got this paternal instinct. <laughs> That just came no, in. In my there. case, I think it is paternal instinct, but um, it's a it's a strong instinct. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you so much on that one. We take a quick break when we come back. Walk the talk. Seven o two. The Naked Scientist. Nine minutes to oh, eight minutes rather to two o'clock. We're with Dr. Chris Smith, and we're quickly going to take all of your questions on O double one double eight three zero seven o two in the WhatsApp line o seven two seven o two one seven o two. We start with a voice note. Hi, Dr. Chris Smith. This is Nkosi NK and I am 10 years old. And I was just asking, when you're in the car and one window's open, um, how does it affect your ears? Like, why do your ears get blocked? Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for that question, Doctor. I think this is because of pressure changes. As you go driving down the road, then you've got air which is getting blown in and out of the car because you, you'll notice you get a whoop, 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 whoop noise mm. as you drive down the road. And I think this is because of pressure changes which air is forced into the car interior. It then compresses the air interior and then comes back out again and you get a sort of resonant co compression and, and expansion of the air inside the car. And I think that's what she's referring to with her ears going funny because of it. Thank you so much for that question. Uh, let's go to, is it Leonay from Johannesburg? Hello, Dr. Chris. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Great. I've been wanting to ask you this for a very long time. I've got in front of me a bottle of something called Poor Saline 0.9%, and it's 1,000 mils, one litre. Now, on the printed label, it says single-use only, discard any remainder. Now, many, many people, including myself, have not been doing that for years. We open the bottle, we keep it in the fridge, and we repeatedly pour small quantities out, either for nebulization purposes or to bathe uh, our eyes, etc., etc. And we're very careful not to put our fingers in or a teaspoon in or a syringe in. We just pour out a little and we never pour it. We keep it in the fridge. And the question is, how long can you keep it before it goes bad? And online, it says in hospitals, sometimes three days. And other people tell me they keep it for a year. And on the bottle, it says if you don't open it, you can keep it for a whole year. But I want to ask you, can it go bad? And, mm. you know, how long can you actually keep it? Because I've had answers ranging from three days to sort of indefinitely or a year, once mm. it's open and in the fridge. Well, really the best way to think about this is why would something go bad, in inverted commas, in the first place? Well, if it's a food stuff and it's got sugars in it or proteins, things that microorganisms would like to eat, then obviously if you get any microorganisms into a supply of food, then they're going to start proliferating and they're going to start degrading the food and it's going to go bad. So fruit juices, for example, you need to keep them cool and you need to keep them fairly for a short amount of time because they quite quickly will become fungus food and you'll notice they go cloudy and they start to taste pretty horrible. So 
better to avoid keeping them for a long time. But a bottle of saline, this is not going to proliferate many things, but it's not going to stay sterile either. Because when you open a bottle that is sealed, it goes from being sterile to immediately being in contact with room air. When you remove some volume from the, the liquid in there, it's got to be replaced by something. What is it replaced by? It's replaced by air in the room. What's in the air in the room? There are loads of bacteria, viral particles, fungal spores, and also bits of you, dead skin floating around, so potentially food for microbes. So you will end up with an environment where you've got microbes, you've got a, a, a liquid environment, and you've got some potential food, so things could start to grow in there, and the longer that goes on, the more microbes you're going to get. Now, if you keep it in the fridge and it's colder, then it will suppress the rate at which those microbes grow, but it won't be zero. So depending upon what the use case of that stuff is, if you're going to put it somewhere where it really does need to be sterile, then it could be a threat the longer it stays open. If it's going to be on a body part just to cleanse something or rinse out eyes, your eyes are seeing all the same stuff in the air that's going to be there anyway, so it's probably of, of much lower risk. So really it will come down to what the use is, how long it's been open, and what temperature you've stored it at. But really, if you want to be absolutely sure this is going to be sterile, that's why they say open this, use it, because we know it's sterile when we packaged it, and throw away what's left over. Thank you so much, uh, Lionel, for that question. Let's go to Lulama from Winchester Hills. Hi. Hi, Lulama and Dr. Chris. So um, I'd like to find out about accents, like speaking accents. So you get um, people that have accents that have, that have <laughs> they speak with that, but nothing to do with where they live, like their homogeneous geography or where they've studied. Um, but they just have this foreign accent that they have that belongs elsewhere where they've never even lived or studied at. So how do accents develop, uh, basically, um, speaking accents? Indeed. Well, obviously, as you say, there are accents associated with geography and people pick those up by being born into an environment where people s sort of speak a certain way and by being immersed in that particular group of people, they tend to copy them. And you get the same thing socially. If you get certain groups who segregate themselves for various reasons, could be social reasons, could be religious reasons, whatever, there will be certain practices that tend to spread through that population and people copy each other because they learn off each other and we're a social species. There are some medical situations there, though, where people may suddenly start to speak with, with weird accents. And it's called foreign accent syndrome. And it can often accompany things like a stroke. And this is because the stroke, which damages a part of the nervous system, can affect the pattern of movements that you make and the ability to perform the sorts of very tightly, rigidly coordinated sequence of movements that speaking is. And it can lead to a person adopting an apparently different accent because of the change to their brain and nervous system, which makes it sound like they've got a foreign accent when in fact they haven't. Thank you so much, Dr. Chris Smith. We're back together next week. When you choose Plascon, you choose strong and get your share of 10 million rand in guaranteed rewards. Spend a minimum of 1,500 rand on any Plascon product and claim your share. Plus, you'll be placed in the daily draw for the chance to win a 1,000 rand grocery voucher and the fortnight draw for the chance to win one of seven inverters with 10,000 rand. Competition ends 30 September. T's and C's apply. Details.